Blog Talk Radio. Finally, a global program specifically for wealthy, philanthropic women who are humble, gracious leaders. Sylvia Global's host, Gil Sylvia, invites you to join her in these conversations with first ladies of nations, households, business, and communities. Trustworthy, live conversations with women from around the globe provides a place for your voice to connect with women of integrity, passion, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Gail Sylvia. Good afternoon. This is Gail Sylvia, and I'm so excited to be here again with you today. I have a very special guest. Her name is Daria Allen Attar, and Daria is the founder of an organization called Broad Circle. Broad Circle is all about money, power, and women. Founded in 2008, their mission is to connect senior-level businesswomen around a passion that's centered on driving revenue and growing capital for women. Daria, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure. What prompted the founding of Broad Circles? What was your experience and what were you looking for that was missing? Well, you know, I... um, initially started Broad Circle just as a way to kind of build my own business. And I thought that it would be great to have a group of my girlfriends uh, meet regularly and talk about how we can all help each other grow our businesses. So I invited 25 of my girlfriends uh, for a a breakfast. Um, And we talked about how we were all getting to be senior-level people in our organizations and how driving revenue within our organizations was really the the avenue and the path to making more money and more success and that networking with other women was a little bit um, not something that we all really focused on. And so the idea of the initial group was We got together, we decided that we all wanted to find ways for women to help each other and to help drive revenue for each other and help grow capital for each other. And pretty soon, the message had such energy and passion and magic in that initial group of 25 girlfriends that I had 2,500 girlfriends shortly thereafter, all focused on the same thing. Um, How do we create more opportunities to do business together, to create more revenue for each other, to drive more capital for each other, and and really focus on money and power in our relationships? Where is the organization today? Well, we're really in Los Angeles um, and Orange County, and the group is um, online and virtual, but we really the main thing that we do is gather women um, regularly in meetings that are just about once every month. Uh, We put together a panel of women leaders to speak to our group, um, and we focus on the educational aspect and the relationship building aspect. And so those in-person meetings have been very helpful for building the relationships and the deep connections. So we are just limited geographically to Los Angeles and Orange County at this time. Does the response continue to grow in terms of attendance? Yes. And, you know, the um, 
there are certain topics that have a lot of relevance for our community. Uh, we tend to we we don't just focus on one topic or one industry in our uh, educational events and our networking events. Uh, so some of the topics that we do events around have greater audiences and some have smaller audiences. But the idea is, regardless of the size of the audience, to build strong relationships and connections that can help us really get ourselves to the next level um, in the money and power game. Um, so, for example, our philanthropy event, you know, we spend – 11 months of, of the year talking about how to make money and how to be more powerful and really hardcore business topics. But in December every year, we focus on philanthropy and giving back. It's a, it's a really strong topic for our audience and our community of senior women. So we always get our largest audience for our philanthropy event. Even though we're an organization dedicated to money and power and growing our businesses and capital, uh, we tend to get the biggest audience for the topic of giving back philanthropy. That's pretty interesting. Why do you think that is? Have you been able to find out or get feedback that explains the the large attendance around the philanthropy topic? Well, I think that um, there in our community, um, the women that are senior in their organizations and their professions in Los Angeles and Orange County um, are um, generally broadly interested in giving back. Many of them serve on boards of nonprofits. Uh, many of them are engaged in personal philanthropy, and it's a topic that really touches everyone. You know, whether if you're, for example, um, you know, a woman who has a mid-sized business, a consumer products business, or you're a senior attorney at a law firm, or a senior accountant at an accounting firm, or whether you are, um, whatever your profession, um, you're going to be interested in that topic. Um, it's 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 something that touches really everybody who has kind of attained something in their profession and their career that they get to a point where engagement with philanthropy becomes more of a piece of what they do. Do you find that attendees are women who are already at successful levels or that they're serving as mentors to those that aspire to reach higher levels? We tend to get um, on the sort of the demographic front, our group attracts a little bit of an older female audience. Um, and we tend, we're a little weak on the younger uh, women aspect of it. Uh, but What's older? So, Define older for me, please. I would say 40s and 50s. Okay, um, okay. So, so we tend to be light on the 20 and 30-year-olds, uh, but we do try to engage with, you know, the younger communities. We've tried some outreach with some of the universities. Uh, but I think that, you know, that um, conversation of, you know, I'm already a senior person. Now I really want to focus on growing my money, growing my power, growing my capital. That tends to have greater relevance for people who are in their 40s and 50s than they than it does for uh, people who are more aspiring and in their 20s and 30s. 
It is a it is a, one of those transitional stages, and the conversations would be expected to be different. Uh, you know, because we've we've gone through a you know certain phases of our life and are now entering a new chapter where we need the affiliation, we need the community, we need the the safe the safety of an environment of network or a network of women who understand and have been through and without having to explain it's um innately understood you know yeah. um that um we have certain questions and needs and it, it definitely is not to I don't say this as a way of excluding anyone but there is a time and a place for conversations that are relevant to a specific age group and demographics that might not be missed in a broader conversation. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that, you know, while our group of women is um, very focused, we tend to have very focused conversation about money, power, commerce, um, capital. That's one of the things that women enjoy about coming to broad circle events because it's kind of an honest, directed conversation about how do we grow our businesses, how do we grow the bottom line for ourselves um, in many ways. Um, we have a very diverse community of women in their 40s and 50s, um, but um you know as far as age we we don't tend to attract the younger set but the other interesting thing is that because it is uh our group attracts a lot of like-minded people who are interested in business and commerce we tend to see a lot of great results um whether it's on the topic of philanthropy or on the other topics of business which we hit 11 months out of the year, we we have seen great uh, results come out of the connections that are made at our group. Um, you know, people doing business together, people doing deals together, people providing key introductions for each other, uh, nonprofits gaining board members, nonprofits gaining donors, nonprofits gaining exposure, um, philanthropists really able to communicate their message. So that's really been... Uh, the benefit of having a targeted focus group is that because everyone's on the same page, you can see far greater results. Talk to us about some of the, you know, in more detail, the types of um, success stories that have come out of broad circles. Well, you know, we um, one of the things that I think is interesting that we hear about um consistently uh from our group is that there are women who really would like to serve on corporate boards um as you know the corporate board uh representation women on corporate boards is relatively small still so we do a whole program focused on women on corporate boards and we try to bring women who are serving on corporate boards to our group of women to talk about how they got on boards and we've seen that many of our members have had opportunities to serve on smaller company corporate boards and also get involved with groups that can really help them leverage opportunities down the road, like the National Association of Corporate Directors. So that's one area. Another area is that we don't focus really on a lot of small, small businesses, but we do have leaders of 
larger businesses in our community at Broad Circle who are women. And those middle market companies in this market sometimes have had challenges in raising capital and finding investors. And we found that uh, women who are leading middle market companies have a greater chance of success in raising capital from women who are, for example, like at private equity firms or investment funds that like to invest in other women's products, that matching those two can lead to success. And we've had a couple of those situations occur. Another thing is that, you know, we've had a lot of situations where we've got service providers like partners at accounting firm, partners at law firms who are building, looking to build their book of business, their client base. Um, and it turns out that very often the decision maker is among the group at Broad Circle. And so the, the relationship building that has happened at Broad Circle has allowed those women to get new legal opportunities, legal cases, audit engagements, tax engagements for those service provider firms. Also, you know, sometimes really any whenever you see a woman as part of a decision-making group, whether it's top five positions at a company, whether they're women on corporate boards, whether they're women who are sitting on certain committees that are making decisions about hiring services or product buying products, you tend to see that the woman presenting in that situation or the, pitch, the woman pitching the business has a greater chance of success if there's a woman sitting on the other side of the table. And so the connections that we've made in our group have been very helpful for all in those situations. You know, in June of this year, Forbes did an article on the new case for women on corporate board, you know, new perspectives, increased profits. You know, and one of the top, you know, one of the references there is that, you know, the percentage of women on U.S. corporate boards has been stuck, you know, around this 11, 12% um, range over the last decade. And if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that networks such as Broad Circle is effective in moving the needle, you know, and, and putting women in positions and making change in areas that have much broader effects and impact for women in business beyond our immediate communities. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I I agree with you, and that's one of the things that's really disturbing about some of those diversity numbers. So we actually, in fact, today, Broad Circle has an event in Los Angeles focused on diversity. And if diversity delivers dollars to the bottom line, by that we mean diversity on the board, diversity in senior leadership, diversity in companies for their profit and loss uh, responsibilities. And so... Really, the research tells you that diversity is, in fact, a huge benefit to the bottom line in all cases, all kinds of diversity, not just gender. And so the the fact that those numbers aren't moving as fast is challenging when the research and the facts tell you otherwise. Now, so one of the things that... Um, I think is happening is that women are being far more proactive and feeling more positioned to be able to take on these challenges and asking for them more and pushing for them more. And so I think that it's really incumbent on all of us 
as we kind of go about our daily lives to make sure that wherever we look, there are women in decision-making roles. Because if women are in decision-making roles, then all of those other matrix will start to change. And so, for example, um, you know, we tell women a great story. Gabriella Green, who is has been a speaker and a member of Broad Circle for a few years, um, sits on the board of a very major public company. And she was sitting in the boardroom, and I think she she's one of two women on this board. Um, and the auditing firm showed up to pitch for the audit business of this major compi- company. Uh, and the auditing firm did not have any women on their team of advisors that they were bringing for the pitch. So she raised her hand and she said, you know, what you're presenting is great, but I'm noticing that there's no diversity in the service team that you're bringing us. Uh, is it possible for you to, um, do you not have access to senior level partners who are women or minorities at your firm that you could bring to our engagement? And I think that, you know, if we proactively push on that and ask for women to be sitting in decision-making roles, uh, you know, at every possible point, we will start to see those numbers change uh, in a more material way. You know, uh, what was the response from the firm? Um, you know, in that case, she had, they actually had three to choose from, and one was diverse. One One team that came uh, had greater diversity in the team, the pitching team, and that team was hired. So the, the and not for not just for that reason, they had equal competence, equal you know many factors were equal. It's just that that one factor was unequal, and so the the one that had that was great had greater diversity would did end up getting. This is a fairly forward thinking company, public company. Um, the the idea here though is that. You know, there's so many different ways that um, we at the bottom and pushing from the top can change the dynamics of these numbers, right? Um, And we need to all be doing that. From the bottom, women, whenever they can, speaking up, asking for these opportunities, asking for women in, in key roles, and from the top, you know, the European Union had tried something out to create mandates on quotas for uh, women's representation on boards. And there was a lot of pushback in the European Union on that. Um, they did affect it, but then they had to dilute it. But at least something got done to start to increase the number of women on boards. Their percentage is um, before this dilution, and I'm not clear on where that is, but we're 30 to 40 percent representation, female representation, minority representation on boards. That actually was leading into the next question. Uh, what you, from your perspective and that of your members, what would be the ideal number in terms of representation on boards? You know, the, um, the you know, it, it's hard to really know what that ideal number is, right? But anything is progress, and I think that um, the idea for the mandate in the European Union was that they were basically saying that by 2015, and I've got the details wrong, but some years from now the female representation should be about 30%, 
then five years later it should be about 40%. And, you know, obviously we are about 52% of the workforce in the United States are women. And so somewhere approaching that dynamic is where the power seats uh, representation should be. Uh, you know, but as to when we get there, I don't know. Your um, your your numbers are consistent with the Forbes article because it there indicated that you know not only is the employee base and the consumer base you know fifty two percent and higher you know of women, but that in countries such as Norway, Spain, and France, they've already opted for quotas that require women to hold a certain percentage of corporate boards board seats, and that it's usually um, at 40% based on the quotas that they're striving for, and again, Norway, Spain, and France. Yeah. So 40%, you know, the having diverse voices in a, a at the table does more than just, um, just have women's voices. It brings diverse perspectives and, and has multiple eyeballs, you know, evaluating opportunities, and I think that's really where the power of diversity um, has a case, you know, that we miss something. Uh, We can't know and be all. Um, We cannot expect an organization that consists of one type of of people, men, um, for example, to be able to even be aware of what their consumers might need if their majority of their consumer base are female. So it would behoove them to, you know, corporations to be responsive and to seek out um, leadership voices and thought leaders who are looking at um, what women have to offer, what women, um, the role of women in um, multiple capacities can do to enhance a business mission, including that of board corporate boards. And I think, you know, we as women need to be stronger about asking for these changes, for for these opportunities. Um, we know, we can see the results in our own businesses. For example, you know, um, in in even in my own life, when I have pitched business and you know, the decision-maker or the decision-making team has included or been led by a strong female, I have had, in my opinion, a far greater opportunity to win that business. Um, They, you know, can evaluate the fact that I'm coming in um, with great credentials and uh, materially the same as some of the other folks and give me that opportunity without really a gender bias, I think, in those situations, right? So if we see those results, or and even on the corporate front, we see that um, corporations' results, business results, are better when they have greater diversity in leadership and on the boards. We need to, we women and, and we folks who are diverse need to kind of push on that and ask for more opportunities. I think that um, a little bit more activism would help get us further. And that's one of the things, you know, Broad Circle isn't 
an activist organization, but we're a positive action-oriented organization in that we're putting women together, women who have power, who have revenue, who have the ability to make material change for other people, um, and saying you are already doing this kind of stuff. You're referring business to men. You are hiring men for business. You are uh, driving revenue and growing capital see if there's opportunities for you to connect with other senior women so that some of those relationships can end up making a change for some other women in our community. Um, by building those relationships and connections, we're giving the women a chance to be in the place where the revenue happens. Does Broad Circles um, partner with other organizations such as the Enterprise Institute of NABAL LA, the National Association of women business owners in order to advocate on behalf of topics um initiatives such as this you know we we really have not been advocating at all as part of our mission right we're just really focused on a smaller actual you know what can we make happen here in our community right um but we love to partner with any and all other organization, not necessarily women's organizations either, just any organizations uh, that can help um, further our message, increase our members' connections, increase our members' opportunities. Um, and I think for women as a whole, um, we should be all kind of helping each other at these different organizations so that uh, the sharing the pie of growing the capital, getting on more corporate boards, driving more revenue, more money, more power, has greater reach and breadth. I mean, we're very small. We're in L.A. and Orange County only. Um, but we've got a lot of passion in this little small package. And so to the extent that some of that can be transmitted and have greater consequence through partnering and other relationships with other larger organizations, we love to do that. We have a relationship with the NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners in Los Angeles, and some other similar organizations for that purpose. Oh, I, gosh, you'll have to plan to come back on because we're close to um, being out of time. So I do want to give you an opportunity to share with the listeners. You know, give us an example of some of the guests that have spoken. I know that you generally have only women, and these are very influential um, leaders in various industries. Uh, talk about the, the types of speakers that um, our listeners can anticipate when they come to a Broad Circle event. Well, we have incredible women speaking at our events, and I'm delighted to say that you will be presenting I'm at one of our events. I'm looking forward to it. And which will be actually our philanthropy event this December, and you can get the information on that event, broadcircle.com on the Internet. Women who are local can register and attend. We'd love to have them there. We have had such incredible women. And, you know, in all the time, the four years that I have been doing Broad Circle, no woman has been off my uh, radar scope. I've asked just about any woman from anywhere, you know, as 
as long as it was reasonable to speak, and most of them have said yes. We had, for example, Jackie Kosikoff, who was CEO of United Healthcare Prescription Solutions at the time, a $14 billion company. Jackie came and spoke to our group. We've had um, four women on corporate boards event, and all of these events have been women who serve on large, large corporate boards speaking to our audience about corporate board service. For example, like the Gabrielle Green that I mentioned before, Edith Perez, who serves on the Conway board, Wendy Webb, who serves on the board of Jack in the Box. Um, we've had um, – the list goes on and on, and all of it is available on the Broad Circle website. We've had two women – middle market companies get um, infusions of private equity money as a result of connections at Broad Circle. Consumer products companies that are that needed kind of an infusion of private equity capital to go to the next stage, those relationships were made at Broad Circle. In the spring, we have an event focused on women uh, entrepreneurs in the technology sector in Los Angeles. We've got something going on here called Silicon Beach, which is um, very active growth industry for our community. So we're going to be featuring some of the women CEOs in that community and showing off their entrepreneurship. Um, so a lot of great stuff going on within our group and exciting events and um, key women leaders um, speaking to other women. Daria Allen Attar, thank you so much for being here on Sylvia Global today. Our listeners can hear this broadcast at sylviaglobal.com, and they can learn more about the work of Broad Circles, plan to attend, perhaps talk to you about starting their own chapter in a community um, far and wide um, as this broadcast goes as well. Uh, of Broad Circles, um, an organization for women that's all about money, power, and women, how we earn it and how we give it away. Thank you so much for being here with us today, broadcircle.com, correct? Thank you. Yes, exactly. Thank you, and I can't wait to see you at our event in December. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you, Daria. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Sylvia Global with your host, Gail Sylvia. Become a subscriber to Sylvia Global for unique listener opportunities. Follow on Twitter and like them on Facebook. For more information, go to www.sylviaglobal.com. That's Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com.